Welcome to the Fit Vegan Podcast, the show where we help you live your leanest and healthiest life on a whole food plant-based lifestyle. This is where you'll learn how to thrive on plants, disease-proof your body, and unlock your true inner potential. My name is Maxim Sigoin. I am a former triathlete, bodybuilder, and powerlifter. I have been vegan for nine years and have coached over 300 vegans to completely transform their bodies and their health. I'm excited for you today to listen to this episode. Let's get into the show. All right. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to another Fit Vegan podcast. Very, very special guest today. We have Neha, member of the Fit Vegan tribe. Neha is a Fit Vegan superstar. She's been crushing her transformation with the, the ups and downs and weight fluctuations. And so I'm really excited for you guys to hear her story and her journey and kind of how she was able to transform. Uh, so Neha, how are you doing today? I'm good, thank you. Thanks for having me. Of course. Well, you know, we, we've had an amazing journey together and I'm really excited for you to be able to to like voice out what your experience was like, how you overcame some of the obstacles that came through because your journey happens actually to a lot of people, right? Not everyone starts a transformation and just starts like melts off 30 pounds, right? There's always like some up and downs, some challenges, obligations, busy life. So I'm really excited to see um, and hear how you've been navigating those scenarios. Yeah, sure. Awesome. Well, one thing I always like to, to preface with every member that comes in is if you have, if you could share a little bit of like your background, what you do on a day to day basis, so people have an idea of the level of obligation that you have, right? Because again, people yeah. listen to these podcasts and they're like, "Well, it's easy for this person. They just have nothing going on all day. They just work out and eat food." Like Neha has a lot on her plate, so I'll, I'll kind of let you take over and kind of share everything that you do. Sure. So I am 37 years old. I'm a mom to three kids. They're boys. They're six, eight, and 10. I'm a stay-at-home mom, but this is the first year my youngest started, he started full-time kindergarten. So he's always, someone's always been at home until this year. I'm an occupational therapist by training, but I currently teach yoga a couple times a week. And I'm also doing my clinical doctorate. So I study during the day and then my kids are in so many things and we're just busy every evening. Um, my husband's a surgeon, so he's very busy and just works a lot, um, works really early mornings, works late at night. So most of the responsibilities of the home are on me and childcare, like everything basically is on me. So which is not a big deal, just makes me busy and I don't sit around a lot. And yeah. so I grew up, I guess, in Canada, but now we live in Missouri. So we moved to another country a couple of years ago. And yeah, so that's just a little bit about me and what I do during the day. Awesome. So, so really busy. Like you yeah. have other things going on than just training and nutrition. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Good. And so I'm curious as to where you were at, like physically, mentally, before you decided to join the program, before you decided to reach out? Because like we talked about this, like you're eating seemingly healthy before, right? You were doing the right things. And so I'm curious, where, where were you at before reaching out and why did you reach out? Yeah. So let me give you a little bit of a background the last um, couple of years on how I went vegan. And I think it all transitions into why I joined the program. Since I was little, I've always had eczema. I've had really bad skin and a lot of rashes. Like when I was born, it was really bad. When I was young, it was really bad. And then throughout, as I grew older, it got better. But after I had kids, it actually got worse. And my hands were really, really bad. I'd have rashes on my hands. I could only really wash my fingers. I had rehauled my whole house. Like everything was clean and organic and natural and nothing was working. And so I was one of those people I don't like to use creams or a lot of medicine. And I felt like that's really all I was doing are all the doctors would recommend. So finally, 
like in my mid thirties, maybe four years ago, I decided to see a naturopath. And with her, we actually, you know, healed the gut and eliminated, did an elimination diet to see what mm-hmm. foods my diet, what foods could maybe affect my skin. And it turned out that I was really sensitive to dairy and gluten. And once I eliminated those, my eczema got better. It's taken a long time. I finally feel like my skin is amazing. And that's now just because I eat so much of a, like a variety of clean and healthy foods. And that really spurred my transition to becoming vegan. I was vegetarian before that. And then when you can't eat dairy, well, that's half of the food. And then I actually didn't really like eggs. So when we tried to reintroduce eggs, I just didn't reintroduce them because I didn't like them anyways. So then I became vegan. And when we did the elimination diet, I felt like we had eliminated so many things in a process like tomatoes and nightshades and grains and all these things. And when I, I don't think I was eating enough. So when I eliminated all these things that now I'm sensitive to, to like gluten and dairy, I didn't really add things into it. I would just eat the veggies. I would eat quinoa. I would eat a lot of lentils and beans. And I don't think I was eating enough food. So fast forward to last year, I, there were, you know, I exercised daily. I thought I ate pretty healthy and I did, but my body wasn't changing. I wasn't building muscle like I thought um, I should be for the amount of exercise that I was doing. And so I, there just came a point that I was like, I've kind of had enough. I don't know what to do anymore. I'm doing the best that I can to be with the abilities that I have. And I think I just need to find someone that can help me progress a little further. So when I joined the program, I actually didn't really have a weight loss goal in mind. I asked you, I said, what do you think is a good weight loss? I have no idea. I wasn't there to lose 30 pounds. I, I you know, I didn't really know mm-hmm. I wanted to tighten up. I wanted to tone up. And so that's why I joined the program just to see what I could do with you, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And so, right, like your transformation was basically like a shift in body composition, right? It wasn't like a major fat loss because I think at your lowest point, you had lost 13 pounds and now with the reverse diet and building some muscle, right, like a six pound fat loss from the start, but your body looks different. Uh, You definitely like have more muscle definition. You're definitely looking stronger. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And what was there any like uncertainties before starting that you that you had? Yeah, well, even when I started, I think there was a lot of uncertainty. I didn't really know if it would help. Sometimes I felt like well, I'm e- I was eating this stuff anyways, or I was already working out like this. Before. So what what difference is this going to make? And I think even when I started the program, I had a lot of resentment and I had a lot of like, what is that word where you're like pushback maybe a little yeah. bit? And I told you about this, like I didn't like you for a few months. I was like, I don't like yeah. this. I doing? I want to do more or I want to do something like this. And it really took me some time to be like, okay, Neha, trust the process. It's okay. Like, you know, you join this program. What, you know, even if it doesn't make a difference, you're not going to be worse off than you are now. So, mm-hmm. you know, I kind of finally just give in and be like, it's okay. Just do the best that you can. So that was a big hesitation, even joining the program. It's it's a big commitment. And I didn't really know what it would be like. Honestly, didn't follow you for very long before I joined. Um, mm-hmm. So I know much about the whole process. I kind of took a leap of faith and I'm glad that I did. Yeah. Good. That's about like 50% of people. They don't move for like a week before they join. Yeah. We did have a conversation. I remember it was funny because you were working out, you were eating healthy, but what like now looking back, what was the difference? What do you think were the main components that were different from you eating healthy and working out before versus you eating healthy and working out now? Yeah. So I never knew what was in my foods. I never took care of like counting calories or tracking macros. I actually just ate 
until I was satiated. But I think what I was doing a lot is I was eating too many vegetables. And so then you get really full. Like you can make a huge bowl of salad with like chickpeas and quinoa. And then actually now when I actually calculate it, it's barely any calories. My bowl is just huge. I'm not a fan of like fancy sauces. I will put lemon juice and some, you know, seasoning on it. That's zero. Like there's nothing in those. (laughs) I think I just wasn't eating enough and I wasn't eating um, enough protein. And so that changed. And then also I probably was working out too much and not working out, but I'm pretty active and I wasn't taking enough rest and eating enough to fuel my body, even when I was being really active. In the winter, I feel like I'm less active. In the summer, I'm always out walking and playing tennis and running around with the kids. I bike. Like There's a lot of things that I do in the summer just because it's nice out and I enjoy it, but I don't think I was fueling my body properly and also taking um, time to rest. I basically didn't really have a rest day and I'd call my Sunday an active rest day, but I'd go play tennis or like do yoga or, you yeah. know, I just wouldn't just rest. So I think that was a big difference. And now I've started to track my macros and I can see what I'm eating and I can see how much I need. And that really helps me just understand how the meals are supposed to be formulated. I can't mm-hmm. like I lentils and beans. I could eat them five times and tofu was not on my list of like mm-hmm. favorite foods. I maybe ate it once a week and now I try to eat it every day. And so yeah. I just some things around, you know, and like everything you shared is a common mistake or thing that most people do is they under eat, they don't eat enough protein, they're overactive and they don't give themselves time to rest. That's when like the magic happens is when you're resting. Yeah. And you know, I always thought, well, like I don't diet. Like, you know, you think like all these, you say like diet culture or people diet. I never, ever thought of myself as dieting. I didn't ever Mm. be like, I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to go on a diet. Like I never talked like that. But when I look back at it, I guess I really kind of was, I wasn't eating enough, but I just didn't Mm. realize. And then if you see when you don't know about numbers and you see this number and you're like, I'm supposed to be eating this, that's a lot of food. Like, how can I eat 100 calories or 1800 calories? That can't be right. That macro calculator is wrong online, you know, when because I just didn't know how much I was eating initially. I had never tracked. I've never paid attention to that. And so I think helped me like you helped me with that. And then because somebody was watching, (laughs) I had to follow it, you know, like I had to like check up the week to make sure like you would ask you, did you eat all the food or, you know, and it wasn't a big deal initially to eat all the food. Actually, it wasn't a huge deal to eat it. I could eat it. It was just changing around the structure of the meals, I think. Yeah. That's, the composition of your meal makes a big difference. And like, yeah. I like what you said, you didn't necessarily have a point of reference as to how much you were eating versus what any online calculator was giving you. Right. Yeah. And just for the people listening to how many calories are you eating right now per day? Meaning 2,100. Yes thing <laughs> <laughs> good 2100 and looking leaner right yeah. and yeah like i do want to preface that for the people listening like you don't have to track your macros you have the option of the meal plan or tracking but tracking for a little bit does give you that greater perspective as to what you're eating and how much is actually in food because like you're right like if you are like a whole food plant-based person and you make a massive bowl that's maybe like 300 calories right of food and you eat three of those per day, you're at like 900. And then plus a few more things, you're at a thousand per day. Like it's not, it's not enough food to fuel anything. Yeah, exactly. And I think like you mentioned the meal plan and I did, I think I used the meal plan as like a, I want to call it like the, 
like the framing of a house, you know? So like when you mm-hmm. gave it, I tried to follow it. I had a, I had some trouble following it because I cook for my whole family. I'm cooking all the time. I'm in the kitchen all the time. And I just had trouble cooking only for me and storing it in the fridge. And then on top of that, cooking for everybody else at the same time. So I think when I figured out how to make the meal plan work best for me is that's when I really started seeing progress in the program. And I think that takes time. So mm-hmm. like, you know, lunch is easy. Everybody packs lunch. So what I did was I shifted. I noticed that a lot of the meals have their tofu tempeh soy products in the dinner time. Like that's tip a lot of times. That that's what I saw in my original mm-hmm. initial meal plans. And I decided to shift all those to lunch. So then I would have my soy products at lunch you know, my high protein meal kind of at lunch. And then at dinner time, I would eat what the family was eating and my family eats what I make them. We are like to cook. I want my kids to eat a lot of Indian food because that's, I want them to learn part of that culture. And I don't want to be eating different things from them at the dinner table every night. It's important for me to eat the same meal with my family. I don't want my kids to think, oh, mom, already mom can't eat a lot of things. You know, like we, when we go out to eat, they go to restaurants that mom can eat at too. Or I don't want them to think that mom is dieting, losing weight. She's trying to do these things that, you know, she doesn't think she's good enough. I don't want that at all. So always at dinner, I wanted to eat the same thing. And I noticed that in the meal plan, there are lentils, there are beans. We make lentils every evening for dinner with Indian food. So I just like modified everything to make it work for me and my family. I would eat the smoothies. I would drink the smoothies. I would get really hungry initially at three o'clock, like three or four, I'd be starving. And so I would have my big bowl of oatmeal in the afternoon. Now I don't anymore. But initially for the first few months, that's what I did. I just shifted everything around to make it fit my lifestyle. And I think that's what really worked for me. And then like, if we all have tofu as a family, then at lunchtime, I'll switch that and have lentils, you know, like I just Mm -hmm. following it like day by day or exact, I just used it as like a frame of reference and then modified. Right. So that just made it easier for me to follow. I feel like that's more sustainable. I can eat that for the rest. I can do that for the rest of my life. And it's not hard anymore. It just took a little bit of shift of mindset, a shift of like perspective, I think, and just um, figuring it out, figuring out what works for me. Yeah. Well, I love that. That's what it's meant to be, right? Like the meal plan is there to make things simple so that you don't have to think, you can track. But I love that you made that work with like, having your lunch with some soy products and then dinner eating with family. Because like we have different people in the program that are just like, well, I'm showing you what's on the meal plan. And then for dinner, I'll make my dinner, but add meat to my family's meal because they want to eat meat, right? But I'll keep the base as to what they're eating. Some will make two separate meals every time. Some will work out different structures. So I'm happy that you found something that works for you because now you have a greater understanding of how to prep everything and for you to stay on track while being able to, to have like quality time with your family because like, Eating a meal with your family is super important, right? Yeah. And if you're eating separate things, it does, I don't say distance the family, but it does make it a bit weird. It does. Yeah. And I don't want kids to grow up thinking that, you know, like they need to also mm. relationship with food and, you know, eat all the veggies, like whatever I make them, they eat. And so might as well make them something that I can eat too, you know? <laughs> and I also like, honestly, in the beginning, I have a lot of leftovers in the fridge for my family's meals. I who finishes those, but like the parents, right? So now yeah. I really... <laughs> Like the other day I came, we were out of town this weekend and I came home and I had quinoa in the fridge. I had roasted pumpkin. I had like cabbage and peas, like Indian style. And all I did for lunch 
was I made tofu for me and made bowls with all of those leftovers for the next three days. So it's all mm-hmm. veg quinoa. I just added extra tofu and now all my leftovers are done. So I, instead of like following a specific recipe that has tofu and veggies and a grain, I just kind of, you know, made that myself. So I think that just is easier and works better for me. And I think that takes time to figure out. Like you can't come into the program and say, oh yeah, the first month. And maybe some people do, but it didn't, it wasn't that easy for me to figure yeah. out. Yeah. Most people, it takes like at least three months to start getting a better. It's kind of like uh like karate kid, like Mr. Miyagi, like walks on, walks off. You do like three months and then you're like, oh, this is what it does, right? Here are the core principles and the core concept. Because if you really think about it, any meal is a combination of vegetables, grains, and protein. Exactly. Right. Yeah. It's just in different levels of combination, right? There's going to be more protein. There might be a little less grains and probably a lot more vegetables, right? Yeah. It's going to very much be the structure of every meal. Like a Buddha bowl is a raw stir fry and a stir fry is a cooked Buddha bowl and then any variation of that. Yeah, exactly. And so (laughs) I'm curious, like, you know, with with your busy schedule and, and school and the kids and teaching yoga, how did you navigate like being consistent with your workout and prepping the food? Because you have a busy schedule, so you did need to be disciplined for that. Yeah. So I find that working out in the morning is the best time to do it for me. It's just done um, out of the way. If I Sometimes I do have time during the day to do it. But honestly, if I do work out in the day, something has to shift. That means mm. something else that I'm doing has to be pushed aside for my workout. So it's just better for me to get up before everybody wakes up in the morning. And now my kids are a bit older that if on a weekend I do it a little bit later, they'll just come down and hang out with me in my little basement gym. Um, they know that I work out. So it's not it's not really a big deal. I just make sure I get it done in the morning. And our weekends are often busier than our weekdays. So I still get up on time on the weekends like and get my workout in or get a walk in or whatever I'm doing. I get that in early in the morning. Otherwise, the days are just gone. So, and then I do prep a few things. Like you asked me how I get it done. Like I make overnight oats, but I don't do it for like a week for like two days. It takes 30 seconds to make a jar of overnight oats. I also very, I have simplified it a lot. I don't follow fancy recipes and put in like 20 things like literally milk, oats, chia seeds, and then whatever fruit my family is eating, I cut it up and put it on top when I'm ready to eat. You know, I don't think that healthy eating has to be complicated. I think that it can just be, you can use what you have in your fridge or freezer and make it work with whatever everybody else is eating. So I think just being organized and knowing what your plan and to plan ahead, you know, like I know I have to get a thing, meaning I have to go to bed on time means I have to get everything done before my bedtime. Otherwise I'm going to be stressed out about what's happening. And then I think working out in the morning is like a non-negotiable. Like I can't vacuum my house at six in the morning. I can't, I don't want to, I'm not a studier in them that early in the morning. I can't do that. I can't really do much, you know, so might as well work out. (laughs) Yeah. I was going to ask you, what, what is a considered a morning workout for you? What time is that? I get up at 545. Okay. And you train at like six? Yeah. It's in my basement. So six to seven, seven fifteen, which is not super early, but it works for us. And then if I have to get up earlier, I'll just get up. 15 minutes early or something and do 5.45 to 6.45, which is what I did today. And that works. Good. Yeah. Cool. Well, I just want to put something out there for people listening because I've had members message me for like a lot of moms. If you don't train in the morning, you can still be successful. It's not because you're not training in the morning that you won't be successful. I just got to put it out there because I got a lot of messages from people. No, I think the as a mom, our phases of life change. So when my mm-hmm. kids, I didn't sleep at night. I was up every three hours feeding them. I could not physically get up in the morning, but then, 
And I used to go to the gym when I had my oldest. And then when my middle was born, he would just cry in the gym daycare. I couldn't do it. So we started working out at home and I put on videos. And honestly, if they just run around and I get 20 minutes in to me, that's worth it. I have had, I have done push-ups with kids on my back. I have, you know, lift shoulder pressed a baby. I've benched what are those step-up things with toddlers in my arms. And I think you know, working out doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to be consistent, right? You can do 20 minutes and then in the morning and 20 minutes in the afternoon, put your kids on the, like, give them, I have like toy dumbbells, you know, like they just lift these toy dumbbells and pull some bands and they think they're working out with me or put on some music and dance. And I think, I think that's what the thing is. Like my kids are older, they get up in the morning, they'll just read. Like that's their job. If they they get up, they read a book and wait Mm -hmm. for me. They were younger, that wasn't possible. And so sometimes I'd put them to bed and work out at night or work out during the day when they were awake. And if it was a really bad day, sometimes that wouldn't happen. But you have to give yourself grace. And I think that you always say like consistency compounds, like there are seven week, you don't have to work out all seven days. You know, if your husband is home on a Saturday, because you're a stay at home mom, then work out harder on Saturday, you know, rather than doing it on a Wednesday. I so I think, you know, what you say is true. And I can understand that a lot of moms message you because that's the reality of being a mom, like not every day is the same. Sometimes you have tantrums or a kid is sick, like, the last month, my children have been home so much because of school COVID closures, uh, winter weather closures. Oh, someone's sick and had to go pick them up. Like there's always something that comes up. And so for me now, if I don't do it in the morning my and something happens in my day, then that is the one thing that has to be pushed aside because that's for mm-hmm. me. Mom, you're always focusing on your family and they are more important. If you have a sick child, I'm not going to be like, I'm sorry, I have to go work out now. Can you yeah. please let down. That's not possible. And so sometimes you will, you won't sleep enough. And sometimes that's more important, right? You need to sleep and not eat properly because you're, you know, there's always something that happens. So I think that as moms, we always think we have to be perfect and it doesn't have to be perfect. Like, you know, you can do the small things and eventually they just become ingrained and eventually your kids will let you work out while you're, you know, while they're just running around or they won't bother you. Or eventually, like when my kids were little, I never turned the TV on for them. But now I'll be like, go watch 30 minutes and I'm going to do a quick workout because they're older. So I think that it's just like phases of life that we enter as a mom. And I'm sure there are many more phases for me. As, yeah. yeah, exactly. That I just don't know about. But I think as moms, we just have to give ourselves some grace and go yeah. with the flow. Yeah, 100%. And that's why if you work out seven days a week, you can't push back anything because every day is taken with a workout. So right. it's better to work out like four days a week. Then if you have to miss a workout, then you still have some other days to do it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Do you find that your kids have been noticing that you've been working out? Do you think that has an impact on them to see you like pay more attention to your nutrition and like work out? Uh, no. <laughs> so I've always worked out in the mornings. Like that wasn't a yeah. change. I'm a pretty active mom in general. We go on hikes a lot as a family. We go on bike rides and try to be active. But I do talk a lot about um, food and how it's important to fuel our bodies and be healthy. So they, they've always seen me do that. But now that mm-hmm. they're getting her, I've kind of been trying to teach them about it, you know, like... Um, because they're kids, my kids are not vegan, but 95% of the time they are because they eat at home. But then, you know, some days like they went to a birthday party and you have pizza and cake and ice cream and all this, and then their stomach is hurting. And I'm like, well, let's think about what you ate yesterday or how that could have affected how you're feeling. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to teach them about it. 
through being a role model for them. So I don't think that they specifically noticed me, but they know that I'm trying to teach them about it, you know, them in the best way possible for their little bodies and as they're growing. And I know that they know that it's important to do that just because of how we eat and how we, how we talk about food in our family. Yeah. So it was already kind of a part of their value system because they've seen you do it for so long. Yeah. Yeah. And my husband is vegetarian. He's was born vegetarian. Like he's never eaten meat. So we've always been vegetarian. And then my kids eat meat. Sometimes if they go somewhere to a family member's house, I try not to set such firm, you know, rules on them because I also Mm -hmm. want to go and explore and learn for their, you know, for themselves. But then I think it's important for us to role model that in our way as well. So they've always kind of seen that and they've known how important it is to eat fruits and vegetables. Like their snacks are fruits and vegetables. I don't, you know, give them, I don't have packaged bags of chips or gummy bears or goldfish crackers. Like I don't feed them that kind of thing. So I think they know that. And then when they do eat that, it's like a treat. These things are not like, I also, I want to teach them that, you know, everything in moderation, you want to eat a bag of chips. Sure. But we're not going to eat that every day when we come home from school. You can have that on a weekend, maybe when we're watching a movie, it's like a special thing. It's Mm -hmm. a one kind of thing. Yes, you're allowed to have that. But no, you're not allowed to have that every day for your fuel, you know, like, and if you are going to have it, I'm going to make sure you're eating, you have eaten a full dinner before so that when you're eating it, you won't be as hungry, (laughs) you know, to finish the whole thing. So I think they kind of get that, but they're also kids. So, you know, when you go to a class party, they're like loading their plate with all the junk food and like, why would you do that? And they're like, you know, (laughs) but there's other kids, they're going to learn eventually. I just hope that they, I just hope that they're smart about their decisions. And that's what I want to teach them. Like, I don't want them to think that no, these things are not allowed, but I want them to be aware of what they're doing and make the decisions that they think are the best for their bodies. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think you're doing a good job. And I think it's definitely having them because you're leading by example. It's one thing to tell them, but leading by example will definitely have a bigger imprint on them. Right. You touched base something earlier about prioritizing your kids first, right? Like if they're sick, you know, you'd be like, hey, I'm just going to go and work out really quickly and come back to you. Right. So a, a big thing that I hear often from parents is I can't work out. I can't eat healthy because I have to prioritize my kids. And so obviously, you able to do both, but I want to hear how you've been able to do that because you've been able to stick with your nutrition, stick with your training all the way through the process. You adapted what needed to be adapted, but you still found a way to prioritize yourself and your family and your family never suffered from it. So I'm curious as to how you navigated that for the people that are struggling with that, that are listening. Yeah. And I don't think that it's about prioritizing your kids over you. I think you can prioritize yourself and prioritize your family. And I like, truly believe that if I don't exercise in the morning, I am not a good, like I have, I am just get more angry. I like, I just don't have the patience if I don't have the time for myself. But I do think that there are little tricks that I do at home that help me like plan and just enable that a bit better. Like I will bulk cook things like beans or lentils. I sprout lentils and I freeze them in little baggies. So you know what? I have like 10 minutes to put together a meal. It's really not hard to like pull something out, like a bag of veggies from the freezer. I have some like sprouts that I've made and like, you know, make something on the side. So I think that like you can prioritize yourself and prioritize your family by just being organized, (laughs) I guess Mm -hmm. is 
answer. Like, I don't think one has to give. And there are times in our lives where sometimes we are put, you know, behind the family. Like if there's a situation or something that somebody gets sick, you know, then yes. But on a normal day-to-day basis, like it's not hard to just prioritize everybody, you know, like my family comes first, but I'm not like lagging way behind. I'm also Mm -hmm. right up my family. I think that if I'm not healthy for my family, there's a quote actually, I can't remember what it is, but it's like, if you, um, like you don't want to die young for your family, are you willing to, it's like, do you know what I'm talking about? It's like, are you willing to be healthy for your family? Maybe you can cut this part out. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure someone listening will be like, Oh yeah, I know the quote you're talking about, but I can get, I can get a sense basically of like, if you don't take care, like you, you die young, it's better for you to take care of yourself. And be able to be there for them for a long time. Hey, you want to be with your kids for a long time, but like in order for that to happen, you need to be healthy, right? So you have to prioritize yeah. when you're younger now so that um, you can live longer and then also teach those values to your children so that they can live longer and they don't get sick with disease or, you know, mm-hmm. cells. And so, yeah, I think prioritizing yourself is hard, but it's not difficult. Like it's not, you know, something that's unattainable. I think it just takes a shift in mindset. And I think it also just takes a little bit of organization. Like I have trouble meal prepping for me twice a week, but I can meal prep for me like overnight oats in 30 seconds every second day. Like that's really not that hard, you know, because I'm already taking it out. And then, oh, you know what? While I'm making overnight oats for me, let me make oatmeal for the rest of my family or let me skip overnight oats. And instead of making just oatmeal for me, I'm going to feed oatmeal to everybody, you know? So we're just, there's nobody like who's better off or worse off. We're all just equal then, right? So I think that is... I know that's hard to do for some people and maybe it's easier for me because my husband was vegetarian, eats whatever I make him. My children are pretty, since they've been little, I've been feeding them these kind of foods. So it's not like a big shift for them to eat like air fried broccoli or tofu. Like they actually like tofu more than me. And sometimes now it's more like, leave my food alone. (laughs) (laughs) You're eating all of mommy's food. (laughs) I have to hide it in the back of the fridge, you know? Um, (laughs) And now they're getting hungrier. So my portion sizes are, I just like, I feel like I'm in a restaurant sometimes. I'm like that <laughs> stuff. And then oh, this will be great. I can use it as leftovers and it's all gone. So then I'm back to doing this, you know, cooking tomorrow. But yeah. How, how old are they again? They're six, eight and 10. So they're just starting to get like more hungry. Oh you know? man, they're going to get so hungry. Like you're getting, <laughs> they're getting to that age where just eat the whole fridge. Yes. But I, you know what? I love that. And that's like a passion of mine. I want to feed them healthy foods. I mm. want them to be physically active in anything that they want to do. So like I bake muffins and I freeze them. I make our own granola bars and I freeze them. Like these, they need those high calorie foods that are also healthy, you know, that they can eat mm-hmm. like with an apple or an orange to really fuel and fill their bodies. And it's just fun when they eat stuff that you make. Like it's just fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, you become a master chef really soon because yeah. Once they like get to high school and start like doing more sports and oh, I, me and my brother, I have two brothers. We were eating a lot. Like yeah. my parents' Costco bill was insane. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> yeah well, I, I, I appreciate you sharing that and sharing some insight as to like how you navigated all that, because I know that it's challenging for, for a lot of, of parents to kind of navigate that at first, especially if they're not used to fueling themselves that way. Right. Yeah. I, I do want to dive into how your body responded to the the program, right? Because 
your body was stagnant for a while. There was a lot of up and down. And, you know, fl- daily fluctuation is normal. Some, peer, some people experience it more than others. You're a part of the others that experience it more often. Um, so I'm very curious as to like how you navigated that mentally to see those daily fluctuation. Again, the overall trend, I was like, let's focus on the overall trend. It's heading downwards. But like those daily fluctuations, how did you navigate that? And what oh, helped? Yeah. Yeah, it was really hard. I think in the beginning, it was harder than it is now because I didn't have a baseline. I didn't weigh myself on a daily basis, even really weekly. I didn't know how my body fluctuates. Just like we said with the calories, like I really had no idea how my body works in that sense. So seeing people and who were losing weight so fast was really hard to see because I thought, well, I'm doing the same thing. I'm eating all the foods. I'm doing all the workouts. Like, should I be working out more? Should I be eating less tomorrow? Like, you know, and so we were initially we were weighing, I was weighing myself every week and my weight would go up like sometimes three or four pounds a week. Like, like what just happened? Like I was doing everything I was supposed to do. And so we ended up then weighing myself. I was weighing myself every day. And then when Mm -hmm. I started with day, I really noticed that like one day it's down two pounds, one day it's up three pounds, one day it's down one pound. Like it was really up. It's still, it still is up yeah. and down. And so that was, I don't know, it was really hard, but you kept saying, just trust the process, just trust the process, consistency compounds. And that's just what I did. Like I just kept doing it because like I said, I had nothing to lose. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So the only way to go for me was to get better, you know? So, yeah. um, and I stopped comparing myself to others because I realized that my, you can't compare your body to someone else's because yeah. my body is different. And I guess I just didn't see enough of that. I mean, we don't really know how people's charts look like, right? We don't mm-hmm. really, see, and if you do see one, it's like, whoosh, they went down like this, whereas yeah. mine is this. So I think it was just at one point, I just let go and said, I'll just trust the process. I'll keep doing what I can. I'll do my best. And we'll see what happens. And my progress was really slow. Like, I don't even think I lost really weight in the first four to five months. Like, yeah. like I really know how much I wanted to lose, but I was pretty bloated, I think, in the beginning when I came. And I have lost quite a bit of fat, I think. So I'm like slowly, <laughs> slowly but surely. And you know what? I still have some a ways to go. I don't think I'm fully where I want to be just yet, but I now know that I can do it. You know, like... Mm-hmm over time, I think that just built the confidence. And it's, I think it's been a year now. And I'm finally like, okay, that's okay. This is my body. And now when I step on the scale, and it's up three pounds. I'm like, Oh, that's weird. <laughs> I don't know what happened. And then I just move on. And then the next day, I'll try again, you know, just to see, but it takes time. Yeah. Well, I'm happy you went through the process, because now your mindset is in a place of like, cool, I'm just going to do the work and just, you know, adjust as my body responds, right? Because yeah, some people like you were you you were considered like a lean individual when you came in, right? And so if you look at people once it was like thirty pounds, like the weight drop's gonna be different. And the like we talked about this, like lifestyle is different for everyone. And so when you're a leaner individual, the fat loss is slower because we're basically working more on like building muscle and losing fat, which now if you look at your photos, there's a big difference, right? Between yeah. your, your two photos and you're eating 2,100 calories, which I'm really happy you did the reverse diet because now you get to stay lean, eat 2,100, and then you're in a good position to do another fat loss after. So right. much easier than the first time. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, honestly, the, the cut after the reverse diet, we've probably had like over the past year, I'd say maybe like 60 or 70 people that have done a cut after the reverse diet. It's so much easier because your metabolism is optimized. You're in a, you have so much wiggle room from a cardio and nutrition standpoint that, yeah, body just responds a lot better. 
But yeah. for you, just someone that fluctuates a lot on a daily basis. You're probably, honestly, you're probably the person that fluctuates the most on a daily basis that I've ever seen. But again, we look at the overall of the graph, it's heading in the right direction, right? Yeah. So those daily fluctuations, they're just very special. <laughs> we'll embrace them. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. And you know, when I first started, I had the scale that I think was like one of those with the arrows, you know, like a yeah, yeah. brick. And so it always showed my weight the same, but I'm pretty sure it was broken because <laughs> it was always like right at the same. <laughs> and now I have this, you know, electric scale or electronic and yeah. more accurate. So <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm curious, like obviously you haven't been on the program for a year and having shifted your mindset to to just being okay with the weight and developing those that new nutrition structure. I'm curious what's been the most valuable for you over the course of the past year. Um, actually, we haven't discussed the tribe. <laughs> and yeah. they valuable because I don't know anybody else that's vegan, like in my life. There, I live in like a small town in Missouri and there's not even a lot of options to eat out except like Chipotle or, you know, some like standard... Yeah. So I think the tribe was really helpful for me, just like chatting with people who are eating the same way. And I think that makes a big difference because I go to people's houses and I can't eat a lot or, you know, we go out to eat and it's always the same two places. There's not a lot of variety. I can make that at home. And it's just, it was just nice to know that there are other people out there having the same kind of struggles, dealing with family or friends, or when you go out to eat, like, how do you navigate all that? And I think I wasn't vegan very long before I joined this program. So I think that that helped me quite a bit just to talk it out with people or say, what are you making when people come over to eat who don't, who are not vegan or what are you doing? And I think that really helped me. It just felt nice to know that I, I wasn't the only one, you know? Yeah. And you made some good friends, friends with Stacy now. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Did you guys, yeah. did you guys meet yet in person or not yet? Not soon, one day. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Yeah. The tribe is an amazing place because yeah, you have other people that are on a similar path as you that understand the struggles of you know, wanting to improve your body, wanting to become healthier, eating this way, and definitely like the family challenges of navigating emotional conversations, cooking, get-togethers, uh, and all that. So I'm yeah. happy you, you enjoyed the try because it is a it's a huge part of, of helping people like just stick with it. Well, and I think before I came, I would just tell people. I think I was vegan like a year before I joined, and so. I would just not say anything, you know, I'd be like, mm -hmm. Oh, well, I'm still even when I say something and the food, there's no food, I still come home and eat. But still, at least I say something now. I'm, I'm like stronger in my conviction about it. Like, yeah. I can't, I don't eat this. And it's just nice to know that there are other people out there. And then you can be like, well, this happened to me. Like I went to this fancy party and I said vegan, I'm pretty sure it was all butter, like made in butter because it yeah. tasted you know, like, and so then I came home and just ate my own food. and I All this money for that, you know, so it's just neat to hear other people and know that there are other people out there. And then yeah, so that was one big thing. And then another thing I'm taking away is that I can eat more food. Like I love to mm -hmm. eat food, always eating now. And I would before like have a, you know, for breakfast, I'd have either a smoothie or oatmeal, never both. I love that now I eat two things, you know, like my... <laughs> So I think I'm just eating more and it's nice. I feel like that probably helped my skin as well, just heal and, and everything. Cause I'm just eating more food. So I'm getting more nutrients, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's always a great place to eat more food. Like reverse dieting is the savior because you just get to eat so much to sustain. I have one more thing. Yes. Okay. Another thing that I'm taking out is to not 
make emotional decisions. You know, that's really important. Like my weight, as you know, fluctuates as now everyone knows by like three. So if every day I got on the scale and was like, well, now I'm up four pounds. Okay, today I'm not going to eat this much food. I'm going to do extra cardio. I'm going to, you know, do all these things so that tomorrow my weight is back down four pounds. Well, now I know that my weight fluctuates. That's not a big deal. And just keep doing what you're doing and don't make those decisions based on one measurement on one day, you know? And you always say, like, let's look at it over a week. Let's do it for two weeks and then we'll see what we're doing. So I think just that long term, you know, slow, progress is okay. And that you can't make emotional decisions. I have so many things that I've taken from this. So (laughs) I could keep going. (laughs) Well, yeah, if you have some more, I I always love hearing what people take away from it, right? Because again, I want I want to make this like part of your toolbox forever. Yeah, yeah, no, I think don't give up. Don't compare yourself to eat, you know, other people be consistent, don't make emotional decisions. Those are the things that I think really stick out the tribe and just making those connections. You know, like I think it was a great program just for me to be aware of how to structure my food and even workouts. And now I know that it's really important to take rest days. Not, Very um, important. Not like I'd be guilty of like, oh, I sat around too much today. And but now I'm like, I am really gonna sit. Like I'm not moving. <laughs> I already did my workout. I got my steps in. I've moved enough. Like, you know, I don't have to always do more, more, more. And that is where I was before. And maybe sometimes it's okay to do more, more, more at the beautiful day. Let's do something. But then it's not like I have to do more every single day, you know, being that balance, I think is important for me. Yeah. Powerful. Well, I'm happy you got a lot of good knowledge from it. I, I always like to ask this question is, if we have someone that's listening, that's kind of the same boat as you when you first started, right? They're eating healthy, but not necessarily potentially under eating, maybe over exercising, maybe not taking enough rest. What would you tell to that person? Basically the you of before starting all of this. You, <laughs> to the me of before or the people out there, I would say that, you know, I think we can always learn something from someone else. And that if you are having like trouble progressing, then this is a great program to join. Like, I think it really helps shift it and just teach you things that we may not have been taught, you know, in our regular life. You always think you might know what you're doing right, but it's always nice to have a coach or someone to just guide you along the path. And I think that was really important for me because I've never really hired a trainer before. I've gone to a gym or I've done classes, you know, but I didn't have someone checking on me every week. And that was really helpful and useful. And then also just making the calls and talking to people throughout the week. That's also kind of motivating, you know, like talking about your wins and just discussing just general topics that come up for everybody because most of us have the same ones. And so I think to that person, you know, I would say don't hesitate. I think there's a lot of things that can be learned, even if you don't have a lot of weight to lose, right? You have another goal, then I think it's the good program. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, we, we have people that come in and want to lose five pounds. We have people that come in that don't want to lose any weight. They just want to improve the body composition. Um, yeah, so I'm really happy that you like got all of that. Like A lot of the lessons that you shared is what I wish everyone would take away from. Right. And so especially when you shared not make emotional basis decisions, that's a huge one. I tell that to everyone when they're done the program. I'm like, do not make emotion based decisions. Look at the data before you make a call. Um, so Neha, I just want to say a massive thank you for taking the time to jump on the podcast. I really appreciate it. I'm sure the members and people listening did as well. 
because you share a lot of things that a lot of people struggle with and that you've been able to to manage and find ways to to work for you and your family. And so I know people are going to appreciate that. Well, I'm glad. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Um, and so just for everyone listening, if you do want some more information, there's a link in the show notes below. You can basically just click on the link and then apply basically, and then we'll reach out to you for uh, a free fitness audit. And so Neha, thank you very much for jumping on the call and uh, everyone have an awesome day. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media and leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at Lucky Seguin and on YouTube at FitVegan. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.